For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. Look, I don't know what went on or didn't go on under the covers between um, Fannie Willis, the uh, Fawny, I guess she calls herself, Forney Willis, the elected district attorney, uh, Fulton County, who was prosecuting uh, Donald Trump uh, for January 6th. I don't know what went on or didn't go on between her and uh, Nathan Wade, the lawyer who she appointed uh, and gave $650,000 of state funds to to help prosecute Trump. I don't know whether there was an affair or there wasn't an affair. But my God, can you imagine anything more stupid? then allowing that suspicion to arise based on travels together and records uh, we'll wait for a final judgment because they'll probably in the end both be summoned to testify in the divorce case but how can anybody be so stupid put yourself in Forney willis's position here she is an obscure uh, district attorney elected in in a county in 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 georgia Finally, she gets the case of her lifetime. I mean, who would want more than to prosecute the former president, possibly future president of the United States, on state charges? He couldn't even pardon himself or get a a pardon. And she has the case, and, and she can do the prosecution. She can pick whoever she wants to help her I don't know why there aren't enough prosecutors in the office, but she has to go outside the office and she picks a guy who doesn't seem to have a lot of experience in RICO type cases. And let me tell you, I have an enormous amount of experience in RICO cases. They are complex and difficult. And in, in, in Georgia, a RICO conviction carries with it a mandatory prison term. Imagine the man running for president of the United States and he gets convicted and he has to go to jail. Uh, when he goes to jail is really up to the judge, but he can't escape in imprisonment. Imagine if he gets elected and has to move the Oval Office to the state penitentiary. You know, that's not going to happen. But and I just make these points to, to indicate how unbelievably stupid uh, Phony Willis has to be. What incredible lack of, of judgment. And it's not as if she doesn't know. Um, <laughs> I just saw on 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 uh, Newsmax. Uh, I was interviewed about this subject, and they had some excerpts from um, statements made by Fannie Willis, uh, Fannie Willis, when she was running for office. <clears throat> and what she said: Let's remember, in Georgia, adultery is still a crime. Well, if she did this, she did it with a married man. And my recollection from teaching criminal law for 50 years is that you're an adulteress. If you commit, uh, if you have sex with a married man, um, he's probably more criminal as the adulterer, but you know, it takes two to tango. Um, in, In any event, she also says that 
I'm the DA here. And if any of you local, you know, underling DAs, assistant DAs, if any of you have improper, inappropriate, romantic relationships with anybody, that's not what we will tolerate in this office. Duh. Look in the mirror. What could be more inappropriate than being the district attorney who decides who to pick to have special counsel prosecuting the case to make more money than he's probably ever made in his life, $650,000. What could be more inappropriate than sleeping with the guy? Now, again, don't know. Maybe she's not. Maybe it's entirely innocent. Maybe they had a platonic friendship in which they traveled together to various uh, interesting parts of the world. I don't know. But the appearance is there. And um, I would suspect that it will result in ethics charges and motions for recusal and disqualification. Um, at the moment, there doesn't seem to be enough to throw the case out because to throw the case out, uh, President Trump and the other defendants, there are more than a dozen of them, I guess, would have to show prejudice. And it's hard to show prejudice, probably the reverse. Probably they've been helped by having a less than competent or a less than Ex exceptional um, prosecutor, uh, less experienced, actually running the prosecutions. They, they probably benefit from it. They certainly have benefited from the negative publicity that has been associated with the office of um, uh, this district attorney. But I just want to go back to the amazing, incredible, unbelievable lack of judgment, even if she's technically innocent, uh, how do you let yourself be involved in a situation like that? Even the appearance uh, of, of, of justice. Uh, you don't have a relationship that appears to be romantic with the man that you're picking to give $650,000 of state funds to who seems to be far less qualified um, than the person who is getting less money um, uh, who has a lot of experience in RICO uh, prosecution. So she has to explain this. She can't remain silent. Um, there have to be hearings. Now, you know, so far, the governor of Georgia, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. The attorney general of Georgia, the same thing. Everybody seems to be protecting everybody there. But uh, this is not a Georgia case. This is a national case, indeed an international case. This case may determine who the next president of the United States is. There are polls that show that based on an indictment alone, there won't be much influence on the election. The um, Obviously, the base, the Trump base is not going to change, even if he's convicted. Um, and the anti-Trump base is not going to change. But there are independents, a lot of them in the country. And polls show that independence may very well be influenced by whether there's a, a conviction. And whether there's a conviction will depend on the quality of the prosecution. And if uh, Forney Willis doesn't believe she's qualified to prosecute the case, and many elected prosecutors are not, some are, um, um, but, but many are not, you appoint the best possible person. And when you appoint a friend or some perhaps more than a friend 
there's always going to be suspicion and doubt as to why he was picked. Why is he the recipient of, of $650,000? And remember, this is not the kind of guy who had a practice uh, where he was making a million bucks a year and, oh, well, I'll take a cut in salary. I'll go down to $650,000 to do a public service. Just, I don't know the facts. I don't know how much money he was making, but I'll bet you anything that that the 650 represents an enormous increase in, in income. As, as far as I read in the papers, he was mostly doing uh, minor cases that don't produce the kinds of fees that um, he was earning in, in the case. So let's hear from her. W what does she have to say? Uh, how does she explain the fact that she went on television a few years ago and talked about adultery? It shouldn't be a crime, but it is it is a crime, um, perhaps only a misdemeanor, but it is a crime in probably a dozen states, maybe maybe more. Um, at common law, it was a capital crime. You get executed for being an adulteress or an adulterer. Of course, there's a famous story in the book of Daniel um, about a woman, a young, beautiful woman uh, who was married, and two older men approached her and and said unless you have sex with us we will say that you had sex with us and therefore you will be executed as an adulteress and she refused and they did testify against her initially and she was sentenced to or could have been sentenced to death and then daniel came in the great lawyer and said he wanted to cross-examine the two older men and he insisted that they be cross-examined separately and neither hear the testimony of the other and during the testimony, Daniel elicited what tree she was under when she committed adultery, and they each had different trees, and the judge throughout the case sentenced the uh, false accusers to the death penalty, because back in the day, if you were falsely accused, um, you get the penalty that would have been inflicted on the person if he had been truthfully accused. I wish that were the law today. I wish we would um, prosecute false accusers to the limits of the law. I have a personal interest in that, but uh, it's the right thing to do. There are too many false accusations out there, and I wish false accusers would be uh, punished seriously and investigated as seriously as the people they accused are investigated. But that perhaps is a utopian uh, sense in our in our in the world of me too, me too. Um, you know, believe only one side, don't believe the other side. But um, that's for a different day. But, um, you know, she came out against adultery and said it's a crime. And she came out against um, improper relationships between um, uh, law enforcement officials and the people who work for them. And, and by the way, under the general rules, it doesn't matter whether it's consensual or not. Um, if uh, there's a hierarchical relationship and... Uh, one has to look at the dates and the chronology and everything. But if, in fact, um, uh, a prosecutor is having a relationship with a man who she then picks to become the prosecutor in the case and earns a lot of state money, there is a problem. And that problem has to be explored. So I hope that ethics committees look into this. Right now, ethics committees are one-sided. Uh, under Project 65, that's the group that accused me. I represented Donald Trump, of course, in the floor of the Senate, so I was obviously guilty of some ethical violation. And they accused me of an ethical violation, uh, which I am fighting, of course, and, and, and hopefully will succeed. But um, ethics has become a tool of the hard left. 
uh, against conservatives and against people like me who are liberals, but who will defend conservatives. And so uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, you know, somebody called me today also and said they wondered why Hunter Biden hadn't been looked at by the D.C. bar. Um, um, he is apparently, according to this phone call I got, um, or maybe it was a TV interview, um, he is a member of good standing of the D.C. bar, and yet he is admitted to things, drug use and other kinds of things, that um, might warrant an investigation if a complaint were filed. And of course, he's now under indictment uh, twice. So again, you can't have a double standard. Whatever the standard is for, for the investigation of conservatives or Republicans, you have to have the same standards for liberals and, and, and Democrats or anybody else or nonpartisan people. You have to have one standard and we're moving away from that in our country. Nobody seems to want to have a single stand. Free speech for me, but not for thee. Due process for me, but not for thee. Uh, that's the world we're living in today. Uh, the media has a double standard. We have a double standard toward Israel. We have a double standard toward conservatives. Uh, in, in academia, we have a double standard um, based on ideology, based on race, based on uh, sexual uh, orientation. Uh, we have double standards that are rampant. There are more double standards than there are single standards. And if there's one thing that the rule of law demands is that the rules have to be the same for all. Uh, you know, the Bible instructs judges and it gives them two instructions. One, don't take bribes. Okay, that's obvious because bribes blind the eyes even of the most righteous. But that comes second in the Bible in the book of Deuteronomy. The first rule is do not recognize faces. Lo takir panim, to cite the original Hebrew. Lo takir panim. Do not recognize faces. Do not do justice based on who the person is, what their face looks like, whether you recognize their faces. Do justice without regard. The Bible goes so far as to say, that you should not even favor the poor in doing uh, justice. Um, there, I guess there's more about that in the biblical approach to justice than anything else. Do not put stumbling blocks in, the, in, in front of the blind. Uh, do not favor the rich. Do not favor the poor. Single standard, that's the essence of biblical justice. It's the essence of the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Quran. Every legal system proclaims a single standard of justice, and I know of, any, of no legal system, certainly not our own, that applies a single standard of justice, particularly today. Today, justice has become weaponized. It's weaponized by both sides. Whoever is in power uses it um, and, and uses it improperly. And I'm against it no matter who it is. I'm against it when President Trump says he's going to take revenge or implies he's going to take revenge against uh, people who are opposed to him. And I'm, I'm equally opposed to Democrats <clears throat> who use the system improperly and apply a double standard. I want a single standard. Let the chips fall where they may. Let justice be fair and honest and blind. Remember the mask. Remember the mask over the eyes of justice. That comes from the Bible. It's not from the Greek 
uh, uh, philosophers. It's from the Bible, which is a thousand years before uh, the Greeks. That's where it comes from. Don't recognize faces. How do you prevent a judge from recognizing faces? Put a blindfold on them. But today the blindfold is lifted. People, judges, peek under the blindfold. And you can tell how a case is going to come out often by who the defendant is and who the judge is. Uh, that's not that's not right. You know, I got a letter today from a good friend of mine, a great, great lawyer, who wrote a letter to a whole bunch of people saying, we have to respect judges. We have to respect judges. I wrote back. I said, no, we don't. Judges have to earn their respect, like anybody else, like members of Congress. Do we respect members of Congress? Do I respect Congressman Bowman of New York? who recently had an event where he praised Norman Finkelstein, the man who said it warmed every part of his heart to see Hamas murdering, raping, and, 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 and killing uh, people. He supported Hamas, and, and Congressman Bowman supported Finkelstein. Do I respect him? No, I don't respect him. And I don't respect judges that do things that do not warrant respect. Judges should be blind to personalities. They should be blind to partisan affiliations. They should be blind to whether you're a conservative or a liberal, black or white, male or female. And unless they are, you don't have my respect. Just wearing a robe doesn't give you respect. You have to earn it like you have to do it in every aspect of life. When I walked up to the lectern at Harvard Law School at age 25 to start teaching, yes, I was an assistant professor, the youngest in the school's history. I deserve no respect unless I earned it. I worked every day to earn the respect of my students, not the love. We disagreed about a lot of things, not the, not the political support, but just the respect. People knew I was doing it straight and teaching it straight. And I expect that from my judges as well. My judges, your judges, they're not the, the kings. You know, the old joke that um, uh, Sigmund Freud is summoned by, by God's chief assistant. And, 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 and the chief assistant says, you know, you have to go examine God. Uh, he's having delusions of grandeur. Oh, my God, Freud says he's having delusions of grandeur. He's God. Who does he think he is? And the assistant says, God is having delusions of grandeur. He thinks he's a federal judge. Every lawyer I know who appears before federal judges knows that joke. It's not a particularly funny joke. It's just that judges think they're God. And many of them act arrogantly and impossibly and injudicially and, and unfairly. Many don't. They're great judges. I've clerked for two of them. I befriended many of them in my career. Some of the greatest people I know have been judges. Some of the worst people I know have been judges. And the robe shouldn't be able to disguise and fail to distinguish between the two. You know why in England they used to have wigs and robes and everybody looked the same everybody was white male and they had a wig and, and 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 the same costume and the reason was that they wanted everybody to look the same because they wanted it to appear that the law is an abstract concept it doesn't matter who the judge is but it does matter who the judge is when clients call me and say, can you predict for me what the appeal will come out? I don't ask him what the issues are. Of course I do. Ultimately, I want, tell me the panel, who are the judges? I'll tell you what the case, how it will come out. 
that's not right. I shouldn't be able to predict the outcome of a case depending on who the judges are, who the justices are. Uh, but that's what's happened in our society. And, and Forney Willis is contributing to that. I mean, she's very human, obviously. She goes on vacation, takes trips with the person that she appointed to be the special prosecutor. Again, we have to have the chronology clear. We have to know when it happened. We have to know whether there may have been a reason for it. Maybe she was going to a judicial conference meeting, but why she would take him, I don't know. Um, and we have to know when the decision was made to appoint, who the other people were, was it a, a merit appointment, uh, what has he been doing? Um, I think every aspect of that should be examined. She is now in the public light. And remember, often the judge is not the most important person in the case. Often the most important person in the case is the prosecutor. Judges don't bring cases. They simply resolve them. It's the prosecutor who decides what to prosecute and for what crimes to prosecute and what evidence to admit. So there's no more important job in a democracy than a prosecutor. And the prosecutors have to absolutely be above any suspicion, above any reproach. And I have to tell you that Forney Willis does not seem to satisfy that test. Persuade me I'm wrong. Present evidence. But I want to see all the facts in the case. I want to know. And I want to know how the people of Fulton County elected somebody that shows such bad judgment. I mean, here she goes on television, complains about people committing adultery, says that you can't have improper relationships, and then opens herself up to the very charges that she has run her campaigns uh, against. So let's keep an open mind. Let's maintain a presumption of innocence, but uh, surely there's enough to warrant a very thorough investigation. And the one thing we shouldn't allow is the facts to be hidden. The facts have to come out. Yeah, there's a divorce case. Yeah, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is we have to know about the relationship between Phony Willis and Nathan Wade. That is absolutely essential. I don't care about the personal aspects of it. Who sleeps with who, you know, that's not something that concerns me. But when it's the prosecutor and the person who's appointed to prosecute the former president of the United States and the possible future president of the United States, we'll know more about that, obviously, in days to come with the primaries that are coming up. But that's what it appears to be. And um, burden of proof has shifted. The burden of proof is now on uh, Fannie Willis. Because remember, the presumption of innocence operates in criminal cases, it doesn't operate in, in politics, and it doesn't operate in uh, the law enforcement as in terms of non, non-criminal cases, but just whether a person is doing the right thing. And so I think the presumption has shifted, and I think she now has the burden of coming forward and explaining everything. No secrets, nothing discreet, nothing hidden, we want to know the truth, not for gossipy purposes, but for purposes of knowing whether there were any violations of ethical uh, or legal norms. Um, let's hear. We'll follow this story uh, closely in weeks to come as more information emerges. Okay, let's look at some letters. Uh, okay. 
if two candidates come from the same state, can they appear on the ballot for that state? The answer is yes. Uh, or are they simply not allowed to count the electors of that state after the election? No elector for president can vote for two people from the same state. So they can be, um, um, a person can be elected president with a vice president from the same state. But in this case, if they both are residents of Florida, um, then he loses the second, the third uh, largest number of electoral votes. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the, um, and the next question is, if Florida was a must win and Trump DeSantis ticket won the state and would neither candidate achieve 270 causing congressional delegations to vote? We don't know the answer to that, but it's, it's, it's certainly possible. Now there's another answer and it's implicit in one of the questions that I got. I'm not going to get to that question, but, um, um, what could happen is that Trump could move. It doesn't say when you're a resident. It just says if you're a resident at the time, essentially when the electors cast their vote. So he could move to New Jersey. He has a hotel there. I've been there, uh, Baumeister. Uh, he could move back to New York. I don't think he's moving back to New York so fast. Uh, they don't like him there. Uh, but he might conceivably could move to New Jersey. DeSantis can't move because he's the governor. But um, my prediction, DeSantis, is not going to be the nominee. Um, okay. Professor, you describe Stefanik as an election denier. Okay, but out of fairness, do you also apply that to Al Gore, Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, John Kerry, Joe Biden, Jerry Nadler? No, of course not. They didn't deny the elections. The opposite. Um, particularly, uh, look at Al Gore. I think Al Gore won the presidency in 2000. I think more Floridians intended to vote, to cast their vote for him than for, than for President Bush. But he was a gentleman. He got up there and he declared he declared uh, 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 Bush to be the victor. And I don't know what you're talking about with Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton. Uh, they all uh, acknowledged uh, the results of elections, but uh, President Trump did not. He's an election denier, and uh, and I think Stepanek is an election denier. I think there's an enormous difference, and I myself would not vote for an election denier unless they could present the evidence that would convince me that they were right, but I don't think they were. Um, if you continue to stand for Joe Biden and the Dems, you will lose all credibility, maybe with you, but uh, I'm going to vote for who I think is either the best or the least worst. And right now, that is Joe Biden. Um, okay. Professor, several of Trump's lawyers signed plea deals in Georgia to avoid more serious charges. True. Under what circumstances can they break client confidentiality to testify against the former president? There are a lot of exceptions. One, um, generally, uh, if you admit that you gave legal advice that was part of a criminal activity or facilitated a crime, that's not covered. But also... Uh, under rules of some jurisdictions, at least, a lawyer can break the privilege to protect himself or herself um, from serious exposure. So that might be a justification as well. We'll have to wait and see. Um, 
just because Biden cooperated doesn't make it legal for him to have classified documents. I agree with you. I think Biden was guilty of possession of classified material. He may have an, a knowledge or intent defense, but it's the isn't the cooperation that makes it that way. Trump, on the other hand, had the executive power. He and only he had the power to declassify with actions or thought. Not with thought, I don't think, but with actions. But uh, he said when he waved that paper in front of the journalist, he said, I could have declassified this, but I didn't. Um, and, and so uh, I think that the evidence is sufficient to go to the jury. Here's a question related to that. Um, just because he said he was waving a classified document does not mean he really was. He was goofing around. Well, <clears throat> the question is, who has the burden on that? Uh, obviously, in a criminal case, the prosecution always has the burden. So they will have to prove that he was holding an actual classified document. I think they won't have any problem uh, doing that. But um, I can imagine a judge also saying he said it was classified. Therefore, that burden has been satisfied. Now the burden shifts to him to disprove it. Don't know how the courts would come out on that one, but I have to tell you, I don't think that he's going to argue that the material wasn't classified. I think he's going to acknowledge and admit it and come up with other defenses um, because otherwise his credibility, even if he doesn't testify, and he probably won't, but the credibility of the defense will be affected. You never deny something as a lawyer where the jury will obviously disbelieve you. That affects your credibility. So in the end, I think we can assume and take it as a given that the government will satisfy its burden of proving beyond a reasonable doubt that Trump waived material in front of two unauthorized people and that that material was in fact classified at the time he waived it. Well, we'll wait and we'll see. Uh, more interesting things tomorrow. See you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.